Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Vincere, a global ATS system that truly transforms the experience of every single user in the recruitment industry. We are also really proud to be partners to Needy, the bespoke gift matching service using psychology and AI to, to remove boring gifts and experiences. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. And we are also very proud to partner Inclusion Crowd, the diversity and inclusion specialist for the recruitment industry, something that you all need to know about. But again, more information later on in the show. Thank you for choosing to listen. Remember to click the subscribe or follow button so you'll be alerted to any new episodes that we release on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. But enough of this, let's jump into this week's guest. This is a really great episode, which is one of those that we think we're going to talk about one thing, and then we end up talking about something totally different. Those are my favorite kinds of episodes to record. This is Dave Jenkins, who's the founder and CEO of Wave, which is a recruitment technology company. In fact, some of you might be listening now as a customer of Wave. And during this episode, we talk about how creating a world where talent is never missed is Dave's mission and how recruiters currently are missing out, how you are potentially missing out on talent right now and what he can do to advise you on how to ensure you're getting the best talent across a holistic approach. The swerve in the conversation is that we talk around salaries, whether we should be putting salaries on job adverts, whether we should be asking salaries in our interviews with our candidates, obviously observing discriminatory conversations and ensuring the language that we're using is appropriate. But actually, he's going to provide us with some data that I think will blow your mind in terms of salaries. We also talk around how to attract more candidates and what people are doing well. So a load of advice for you in terms of what some of his customers are doing. And then how we can use data and analytics to attract more diverse talent into our businesses and into our clients. So you're in for a treat. Now, we did have a few sound problems. I hope you get good sound quality during this episode. Stick with it. And remember to click on Wave when you're finished because he's actually got some great tips on there in terms of job adverts as well. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And this is one of those guests where I think we could have carried on talking off camera for about three hours, but we decided to press record because I think this is going to be really insightful to our global community today. This is Dave Jenkins, who's the founder of Wave. And today we're going to be talking about lots of in, in exciting things, right? Basically around diverse talent pools. And I can't wait to introduce you to him. So welcome to you today, Dave. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, very good. Bit chilly, but uh, it's all good. Yes, we're recording this as we head towards Christmas in December 2022 in the UK, and we've had this kind of Arctic snow, haven't we, across the whole country? It's actually quite nice because it's quite Christmassy. But as we listen to this now, we're well into 2023, so let's hope it's warm. It won't be chilly. It'll be nice and warm. We'll be warm. Warm thoughts for day. So, <laughs> for those not yet familiar with Wave, would you like to give us an introduction as to what you do and what your business does? Yes, um, thank you, and thanks for having me on. So, yes, Dave Jenkins, CEO and founder of Wave. Wave is now 22 years old, so we've been around for for a long time. We are a recruitment technology business. We do a number of number of different things, which we can get into from from building websites 
uh, we've got our, our own distribution tool and contract analysis tool, Wave Tracker, uh, and we're a long-term media buyer as well. So we do a lot of things uh, which we can get stuck into. Really, what we are trying to do is, and we're going to talk about it, creating a world where talent is never missed. Uh, we work pretty much solely with recruitment agencies, and we want to help them attract more candidates, more talent to their to their business. Amazing. You can see why Dave's coming on our podcast, guys. So hang on tight. You're also a podcast host. Let's talk about your podcast. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Talent Matters. Uh, check it out if, uh, if, if you want to have a, have a little, uh, little look on it. Um, it's good fun. You know, it, it, it's great to get guests on and talk to them about uh, different things in within recruitment. I mean, one of the one of the reasons why we started doing it was because I think sometimes recruitment, running your own recruitment agency or recruitment business can be a bit of a lonely, um, you know, lonely place to be at times. So the podcast was designed to to try and help answer some of the questions that maybe business owners don't want to ask or don't want to share with with their with their peers or their networks or their their employees. So that's the sort of the aim of the of the podcast is to try and do that. And I just like talking, which will probably you. That will become apparent. Well, I mean, look, seriously, that sounds like a podcast we all need to go and listen to and subscribe to. Don't forget to follow and subscribe, everybody. Um, and I'm sure that there'll be some previous guests that have been on our show. I mean, we've had, we, we must be coming up for 200 episodes now that would love to come on and share their insights. And I think, you know, my purpose as a podcast host is to educate our, our audience, our community, whether you're listening as a leader or as a recruiter, as an aspiring leader, maybe you're starting out in recruitment. But I think all we can do to elevate and educate and inspire and share our insights and our experiences. So I applaud anyone that does that. And so I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening that would love to get involved with your podcast. So make sure you connect today. We'd look, we'll definitely be listening in. So yeah, that's great. And you know, bra bravo to you for doing that. So you actually mentioned, I think the first thing I want to talk to you about is that, you know, your business is to create a world where the talent is never missed. So how are we missing talent? Let's set the scene first of all. In 2022, Vincheri joined forces with the Access Group. Vincheri has always spoken openly about their ambition to becoming the recruitment operating system by partnering with a heavyweight who shares their vision of providing a single operating system for the front, middle and back office of recruitment firms. There are now no limits as to how far Vincheri can take the platform and the experience they provide to their customers. Vincheri will become the flagship CRM within Access Recruitment's portfolio of products. Same people, same platform, but with way more firepower. Now, Vincheri is offering an exclusive deal for listeners of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. If you want to know more information, send me a DM and we can introduce you. Well, I mean, where do you start with, with that, actually? And, you know, there are so many areas in which I think we're, we're missing talent um, and recruiters are talent as well. So I'm not just talking about candidates, you know, as per se, but there are so many areas in which we, we miss out on people that we, that could be the next 
big thing in in your client's company um or for for, for your for your business yeah. and we, but we're missing them in in a number of ways in just some some basics in terms of not targeting going to the right places where that talent is um you're not communicating the right messages to those people you're not giving them enough information um you're not making it easy to for people to apply uh and then you've got other challenges around your being too narrow with the the skills that you want and you need you know the, the kind of the aspect of someone needing x number of years experience which you know used to be a used to be something that was um was it was a was a thing um perhaps not looking at softer skills i mean there are so many areas in which we could be missing the next um the next hire the next placement the next candidate and it's you know some of the things that we can do something about some of the things you know we can't i mean we're we're trying to 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 solve a, a you know kind of almost one problem at a time um, yeah. because we can't kind of cover it all but there are lots of ways and lots of areas where we're missing out on people that we could have mm. um but we're either too we're not communicating too narrow you know there's 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 so many things that we're so, so as a starting point, we need to have a holistic approach. That's what, from listening to what you've just said, it's not one thing, it's actually lots and lots of combined things. So it's understanding who is my target candidate from what you've said. So, and, and I think very often, certainly if we're, if we're thinking about it as a recruiter hiring for a business rather than for ourselves as an industry. So let's say you recruit software developers, you recruit chef, head chefs, you recruit, you know, HGV1 drivers, you think it's X, but it's it's about truly understanding what, what that person, that, that's a skill set, but that's not necessarily who your target candidate is. And I think it's two different things. That's often where we where our starting point is wrong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, exactly. And there are, we have a shortage of skills, yep. certainly within, within the UK, and that's widely recognised. Mm. Uh, and yet we still pursue on being very set with the skills that are required to do this particular role. And sure. I think one of the areas where I think a lot of recruiters are trying to communicate to um, their clients mm. is to be a little bit more open-minded yeah. to you know, the skills that you really, I mean, really need, do, do they really need that particular skill or can that be learned or taught or um, supplemented at, you know, kind of elsewhere? Mm. And so, you know, I think there's a, you know, we need to be a bit more open-minded with, a bit more pragmatic is, is probably a better word around who could come in and do an amazing job yeah. for that role. And I think it's important that, whilst we're obviously you know you're a recruitment technology company and it's going to be the technology that hopefully allows us to get those unicorn and the correct candidates actually we need we do need to have this as the starting point because it is around our role as recruiters to educate to challenge and to ensure that we are matching up not just on what the job it actually entails but who is going to be the right candidate for it and can i just say i've interviewed people from right across the globe around this kind of candidate shortage sort of you know this is what the market's like it's not just uk it's it's everywhere so whether you're listening to this in the states new zealand australia i'm sure we're all having a similar kind of headache so this this will definitely apply the world over so 
I'm really pleased we've set the stall out like that because that, that gives it real credence that this isn't just about using your technology, for example. This is saying from a, our role as educators to our clients and to as true consultants is to make sure we're understanding what that person or what the what the potential person is and who they are rather than the skill set that they're actually good at. So how do we then use technology to identify those diverse talent pools? Because that's potentially something that's more intuitive rather than algorithm based. I think it's quite difficult, actually. Um, and I think there is a tendency for us to want technology to do sometimes the job for us, um, yeah. you know, in, in some in some respects. And so from a from a diverse you know from a diverse point of view i think it actually starts with the recruiter or with the client and actually um being open to looking at a a, a, a diverse candidate and that could be anything from um location from I mean, we haven't talked about just we focused a little bit on skills there haven't we but also we've got location and remote working and and hours and um mm -hmm. you know flexible working all of those types of types of things so it definitely comes from an education perspective and i think we need to try and smash the concept that to do this job it has to be has to meet all of this criteria yeah um now, technology can help because it can help you um, look in pools and, and look in channels that you you may not have previously looked in. Um, and technology can also monitor. Um, I mean, our technology will, will monitor application data and hire rates and, and, and can tell you where people have been placed. So it can also give you an idea that actually there is talent in these in these channels so um you know there is also i think sometimes you don't want to be looking in you've still got a job to do so you don't want to be looking in 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 channels that will never return anything for you at all mm -hmm. um it still has to you still have to have people apply mm -hmm. um but i think it starts with the user being pragmatic around being open that maybe this might be a remote only role. Maybe we might have to sacrifice on education. Maybe we might have to sacrifice on, on skills, but actually the end result could still be someone that would do an excellent job mm. in this particular role. So technology can help, mm. but it doesn't, it doesn't and should never just do the job for us because recruitment is such a people centric mm. industry. Um, and we've seen the challenges in the candidate experience when we take the people um, people approach out of it. We see how the candidate experience just nosedives down. But you want to use technology to enable being able to look in these. Uh, and we're talking. We're not just talking about job boards. We're talking, you know, from LinkedIn. You know, the projects that people use when they're doing projects. You can use your analytics. You know, I've placed a software developer before in Birmingham and I can use the same analytics to look at people that could get to Leicester potentially but actually what's happening is that the market's so congested and saturated that people are getting swamped within mails and it's still not matching up to the right like you say the right sort of potential the right behaviors and all the softer skills so yeah. that's why I think there has to be this this 
I guess this blend or this marriage between how we use technology and the data analytics, which I know we're going to come on to, but using our intuition, using our communication skills, using our consultative capability to ensure that we can influence and ensure that the right the right person is getting matched to the right role, but it might be somebody that you hadn't necessarily thought of. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's about where where you invest your time. Mm. Um, and as a recruiter, you know, time is is <laughs> is highly precious. You know, because you don't have a lot of it, uh, and so you want to invest your time. If you're speaking to a candidate, yeah. you want to know that they are the right person to be speaking to even though maybe they don't completely match up but yeah. you've got some of that skills and then you invest your time in influencing and working with that particular candidate and i think sometimes the challenge is if you're trying to talk to too many candidates some of which match up and some of which don't mm -hmm. you end up doing an average job across all of them and that's where you can you know get a you struggle to build relationships with those candidates because you're trying to have too many conversations at once. Whereas if you can use technology to identify who you want to talk to, yes, then you put your time and energy into them rather than hedging your bets across everyone and yeah. doing an average job, hoping that one of them, you know, one of them sticks. So I guess, so, you know, using chatbots at the early stages of a recruitment process, matching up. So, you, you know, you, you're eliminating those that don't have any, transferable skills or any of the basic essentials and then actually using your consultative skills to narrow down a shortlist from those who do match on that yeah and it you know it comes down there's still a lot of basic basic stuff that we that we miss from you know from job adverts that don't have locations in or salaries yeah. or have any information yeah. in, to letting candidates know that they're not going to be put forward from you know going back to 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 um to your silver medalists and, and kind of talking to them and trying to place them them elsewhere um you know there's a lot of stuff that we still don't quite do enough of mm. and i think it that's where technology will help focus in in spending the right time the right people with the right people um you know and so yeah you want to use technology to help but you don't want to use it to replace completely what you do because I don't think that that will work because it's such a people-centric business. So reassuring hearing that from a rec tech founder. It really is. I just want to ask you something which, which I've not sort of prepared you for, but something you, that you've just picked up on there and it, it gets talked about a lot on LinkedIn particularly. What are your thoughts around putting salary bandings on job adverts and should candidates then be disclosing that when they're applying for a job or should it be immaterial as to what somebody's currently on versus what the job's paying what are your thoughts on that and is there any data around that whether there's a higher uptake on people applying for jobs when there's a clear definition on salary the recruiters recruitment podcast is thrilled to be partnering with inclusion crowd inclusion crowd put the d into diversity but do it disruptively we love that really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society, and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell, you have a contribution to make,
an inclusion crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. There's, there's, there's a, loads of data around it and the numbers change you know, depending on, on who, who's providing it. But it's, it seems as though a job with a salary on it will get you anywhere, depending on who you listen to, from, from 20% to 40%, something like that, increase in, in response. Right. Um, so it and does- it makes a massive difference. I mean, for anyone that's on the fence on doing it, you will get a significantly better response on your job ads if you put a salary down. And I also think you don't then have to, and I'm not a recruiter, so I don't, haven't had to do this, but I imagine the awkwardness of, of someone that, you know, is on X amount of money. And then you say, well, no, you're going to be paid Y. And it's either significantly higher or significantly lower. Mm. It's a bit of an awkward situation at that point, because again, you've waste, almost wasted your time talking to to someone or even just looking at the cv Mm. if the if the salary expectation is way out i know it's a sensitive subject because you know what if you've got someone there and you know i know there's a lot about transparency of of salary within within businesses but you know even if it is a sensitive subject at least put a a band in at least give someone you know from this to this and then it, it it narrows down someone that's applying for a 30k job and they're currently on 100k and they think the job's going to be paid 100k it it wastes kind of everyone's time a little bit so I totally concur I really do concur and that's why you know I've had quite a few open debates with people around why I can see it's discriminatory to understand what somebody's currently on but actually it's all about managing expectations and you know, on what you said there about in some companies, maybe there are, there's no transparency on, you know, what somebody's being paid and potentially it can then have a disruptive sort of uh, consequence. If, you know, if you're applying for a job externally that's paying between 40 and 50 and you're sat there going, hang on, I'm on 38, why am I not on that? Actually, there's a lot to be said there for your culture. So, th- I mean, this has got a lot of a massive knock-on effect. Have an open, transparent culture around your salary bands. Just be open and honest about it. Whatever your company does, that's what you should be doing. So now, I'm really glad I asked I you, that, especially no, I on the data. I think you just it just 
And also from a um, from an indexing point of view as well, you know, being a bit sort of, you know, from a from a data perspective, if you advertise a job with a salary on it, then it goes onto a job board. The job board will take that salary, um, and it will help them to identify who on their database is suitable for this particular job. Good. So even irrespective of everything I've just said, it will help you. It will help the job boards identify suitable yeah. candidates for that particular uh, role. And again, you know, job boards get get beaten and battered for um, for for generating applications that are completely unsuitable for the job that you've advertised. Mm. And that still may happen, but putting a salary on there will will help do that because it it helps the you know simply in the same way that a recruiter will say to a client right tell me the details of the job what's the salary what's the location what skills do you need and then that recruiter will look on the database and look at who who they have and try and match it up job boards are just the same exactly so they just do the same thing so if a client says i'm not telling you the salary it might be 30k it might be 130k you would say well how on earth am i going to find someone yeah and so it's the same thing so the, you know, yeah, no, it's really really insightful and you know apart from the fact that it will it might generate you more candidates if you're putting it on there clearly it will then create benchmarking as well which we all need from a everybody's always intrigued around salary benchmarking surveys that's that's something that every sector needs now i'm really glad i asked you that so obviously you've got this very objective viewpoint with where with the clients that you engage with um what do you see people doing well? So, I mean, I guess we're following on from what we've just said. So those who get a good response, those who get a great return on investment, which ultimately is what every leader listening wants to know, what are those particular individuals doing well? We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. Well, just sort of, I'm conscious I've sort of strayed into some waters um, in the previous questions that, you know, yeah. kind of out, almost outside what we do as a business. But so focusing on candidate attraction which is where which is what our strengths yes, are in yes, um those the people that that get really good responses from that do a number of number of things so there's never just one source that you will use um mm -hmm. so it's never just that one job board or just 
LinkedIn or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So you need to have a, a, a multi sort of channel approach um, across the, the various different job boards. Spend time understanding the role, um, which means that you then write you know, a decent ad. Um, you know, the, the quality of job ads always keeps coming up um, with, um, you know, with, with everybody within the industry. Um, we've got loads of resources on our website about how to write, um, you know, the, the, the right ad. So I won't go into that too much, but spend time, but spend some time crafting an ad that almost you could look at it and say, okay, I know someone could read this and understand what they're looking for. We haven't left anything out, you know, we talk about salary, location, um, uh, salary, location, skills, experience, what you're going to be doing, sell the company. Um, so I did add, add, add a little bit into that. Um, and then make sure that you're advertising in the right place. So, um, you know, spend some time either speaking to the channels. In, is it the right market for mm -hmm. one? Make sure your website is is easy for people to, to find, easy for people to apply, easy for people to, to register. And then I think also the the people that are doing really, really well are having a communicating, keeping those lines of communicating communication open with candidates. So once they have applied, go back to them. It sounds so obvious, you know, acknowledge the acknowledge they've had the application. Yeah. Tell them, even if there's no news, tell them you're still looking at it. Tell them you haven't put them forward. Um, you know, communicate and keep communicating. Um, those are the kind of some of the companies that are doing are doing well. The companies that are not doing so well, on the flip side, are the ones that are just chucking out adverts left, right, and centre. Um, not thinking about what they're advertising, not thinking about where they're advertising. They're just um, kind of pumping them out there in the hope of catching something um, and then just working whatever's in front of their nose all the time. Um, so not actually liaising enough with, with candidates and going back to them, talking to them. So they're, they're the ones kind of doing a good job and maybe not so... Yeah, I was going to say the ones not doing so well are the ones doing the opposite. I love, there's a couple of things there that I just want to pick up on first and foremost. No news is news. Always communicate. Just think, put yourself in the shoes of the candidate. Yeah. Uh, it takes two seconds to do that. So I love that you've brought that up. Shout it louder. You know, that's exactly what we should be doing. And I, and I also think that, you know, I mean, we will definitely make sure people can go and look at what you've just said there on your website. You know, it sounds like you've got a huge amount of value to add to our industry. And thank you so much for doing that. You know, how you structure and make it an inspirational read, but also factual and easy to follow. You know, these are all basic things, but sometimes you do see adverts and you just think, you know, you're baffled why somebody would take the time to do that. So, yeah. you know, what's your call to action? What do you want somebody to do? Um, and have a strategy about it. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? Not just this splurge, this, you know, I do hope that our industry is changing as a narrative that this slinging mud at the wall, whether that's candidates out, whether that's job adverts, whether that's how you're trying to approach your talent short market. I really hope that we're shifting how we're seen and that we are truly seen as business partners, both to candidates and clients. And that's where, you know, technology can support us you know, that's the foundation to what makes a recruiter successful nowadays, but it's how you then use that technology. So I think everything you've said that I applaud, 
I want you to shout it louder, <laughs> just to hear it from you. That is really powerful. So thank you for that. Now, we mentioned earlier on about analytics and data, and I think, you know, there's so many tools out there that we can utilize to our advantage. I'm a typical recruiter in that my brain gets a little bit puddled, but actually even I've started to embrace it over the last few years because you can then see where you're going to utilize your time and time mm -hmm. is the most important, important commodity. So what would your advice be in terms of thinking about the diverse talent pools that we're going to all have to think about? You know, we, we can't exhaust the same pools. We have to go more diverse. So how do we use, whether it's with Wave or whatever technology we've got, whether it's on job boards, LinkedIn, our analytics on our ATF systems, how do we use that data and analytics to go and identify or attract the, the future diverse talent pool? I think it's, 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 that's, it's difficult. I think it is the, that, that's really difficult to do because actually, you know, what you're, the number of different channels that you can go to is is vast when you start thinking about a diverse workforce you know there are so many elements to diversity that is that is is, is difficult um i think you have to look at the the data that that your your technology is giving you and whether or not you know that is um quality of applications number of applications when people are active when they're not active um and you have to also have the conversation, I think, with your with clients as well to actually identify, you know, where where the the gaps are um, from 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 a diverse um, point of view, because you know companies are also keen to 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 kind of cover that. So I think it's really hard, but I kind of come back to to my point before is that I think it starts with it starts with the client and it starts with education. Um, to understand um, what you're looking for and, and how that also can fit into the to the business. So I'm not sure currently that technology can do that well enough. You know, so there's lots of technology out there that will, you know, remove kind of gender bias from, from, from ads. Um, it will also post into, um, you know, diverse pools of, of, of talent, you know, which sometimes will work and sometimes doesn't. Um, so I, I'm not sure at the minute there is enough of a connection between diverse talent and recruiters and employers. That connection isn't, isn't quite there yet. Uh, and I think perhaps something, that's something that the job boards could improve upon um you know I, I, if you've got a, a diverse job board for example you know how do you define a diverse job board i mean could because we should all be part of the of the whole economy part of the marketplace and actually the biggest places from a job seeking point of view are the main job boards so the main job boards should actually cater for everybody um and put everybody on a level playing field, if, um, so to speak. So I'm not sure. I, sh I think the answer in this, getting a long way around to answer this this question, but I think it's probably a, the job boards could do more to attract diverse tra traffic, so to speak, to their websites 
and that's how technology can can benefit from there and then then we go back to the education piece from a, from a recruiter's point of view and then educating our clients that was do you know what i love that answer because you were really honest and open about it and actually it's very factual and that's the that's the position we're in right now so it's our role to hopefully learn from that so i really appreciated you doing that it's been really insightful having dave on from wave and we can't wait to see what is in store next year for wave thank you so much for joining us on the recruiters recruitment podcast <laughs>